how do we steward this beautiful season of raising kids and you know in this crazy culture how do we get here like i didn't think being a mother was going to be this right? Mm. Just rushing kids around and getting things done. And so when that night I talked to my husband and I just said, we've got to make change because I'm going to get to the end of this and I'm going to have so much regret Mm. and sadness Mm. and there's no do-over. And so I said, we've got to make major change. And he agreed. Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where we help you understand that stewardship is about more than just your finances. My name is Daniel, and I am joined today by Grant Batma. Yes, you are. Hey, Grant. Uh, And we have invited a very special guest to talk about something really important. We've invited our friend Amy Carney to the show. Hello, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, Yeah. this is going to be awesome. Uh, You guys, this is kind of how we discovered Amy. My wife follows her on Instagram. And uh, if you guys have listened to some previous episodes, you've heard... Uh, my wife come on and talk about different things. And when we recorded an episode, she walked out. She's like, hey, you guys should get Amy on to the, the, the podcast. And she sent me your Instagram handle. And then I immediately sent it to Dan. And you've been uh, willing to bless us with your presence here in the office and record the episode. So thank you yeah, for being here. Thank you. I'm here for your wife. Yes. I love that. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. great. It's great. Yeah. So we have invited you on the show to talk about the great send off of children into the world. Releasing the little birdies from the nest, yes, and uh, it's it's a big deal for everybody. I think who goes through it. It is a big deal, and launching four in one year, like I just did, wow, is a very big deal. Four in one year. How many children do you have? I have six children. Wow. Yes. So I have uh, triplet sons who are twenty now and uh, sophomores in college, and uh, our daughter is nineteen. So I had four kids in eighteen months. Holy cow! Yes. So. <laughs> The beginning is really difficult, right? And then mm-hmm. this end um, before the launch is very difficult. Uh, and then we adopted two sons uh, from the foster care system here in Arizona. And um, one we adopted in 2016. He's 15. And uh, we just adopted last year in 2021. And he is 10. Much of our audience and many of our clients are very passionate about the foster and adoptive community here in Arizona. So this is really cool that you're going to be able to come on and speak to even some of that, which is really beautiful. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So first off, you said you sent off four in one year. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what that was like. What were the main challenges you faced in that? Well, let me back up, I think, and uh, tell you a little background. So I was just reacting my way through motherhood, I think, like a lot of us do, right, Mm. in parenting. Um, We get into it, and we just hit the ground running without really thinking about what our end goal of this is. And culture has us so busy and distracted that we just live – I mean, we're living good lives, I think. And I was getting everything done. I was, you know, checking the list, and everything was going well. And then my triplets, I think, were sixth grade. My husband was traveling for work, and I had dropped them off in four different locations, right? I'd run that Suburban around, (laughs) one here, one there, one there. And I flew into the seat of an auditorium uh, with one of my sons. He was at an honor band concert. And I, you know, flew into the seat just as the lights were going down, and tears just streamed down my face. Like, Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. kind of life is this? How did we get here? Like, I didn't think being a mother was going to be this, right? Mm -hmm. Just rushing kids around and getting things done and... Um, and so when that that night I uh, talked to my husband and I just said, we've got to make change because I'm going to get to the end of this and I'm going to have so much regret mm. and sadness mm. and there's no do over. 
And so I said, we've got to make major change. And he agreed. And so he ended up quitting his job. We bought an RV, pulled the kids out of school, quit everything we were doing, all the organized activities. And we headed around the U.S. for seven months. To wow. Re- I know, to, to regroup. And that was in 2014. And that, when we got back from that, um, that's when I started writing my book about how do we live you know, more intentionally. How do we steward this beautiful season of raising kids in, you know, in this crazy culture? Wow. Yeah. If you guys heard Amy say she did write a book, it is called <laughs> Parent on Purpose. Uh, and you can get that, I'm assuming anywhere books are sold, but yes. Amazon or any other place. You can get it at a link in the show notes. Yes. yes. Daniel <laughs> will put that link in the show notes. Um, so I think that it's great that not only you added what it sounds like some intentionality to your parenting life. Um, that is really cool. But then you took action as well. Well, because I think we all have intentions, right? We all mm-hmm. think we're being intentional. We want to be intentional. But are we really acting on those intentions? It's really difficult to do. And so going back to the question you asked me, how was that, right, the, the, the <laughs> launch? Well, I'd been preparing for it, mm-hmm. I feel like, since that moment when that yeah. happened and we made major change. Um, so for those last six years they were in my home, I really had that launch in mind. So I was not going to fall apart. I knew I wasn't going to fall apart. I wasn't going to be sad. I was going to be joyful. And I was going to do all that I wanted and needed to do in those last six years with them. And as difficult as it was, they're in four different states, too. Oh, wow. So dropping <laughs> four kids in four different states, you know, that's a whole nother ball ballgame. But, um, but I felt I did it joyfully. I mean, I, I didn't have the regrets I would have had if we hadn't pivoted um, and, and change the way we were living. Ah, that is the preferred outcome, right? To be able to say we are preparing our kids to move out and when they do, we can do it joyfully. So I'm very excited to, to hear about some of the intentional actions that you took to get to that place. My oldest daughter is 13. So my wife and I have essentially five years left and to sound even crazier, it's like, five summers left, you know, like there's, yeah. that just is it. Wow. It's wow. happening now. You know, like, yeah, you, like yeah. you've known Cambria for a while now and it's just like, oh man, she's, it's happening. So yeah. Yeah. My, my boys turned 13 on our RV trip. So I okay. was at the exact stage you were at. Oh, we were when to seize this last season. See, you guys thought this episode was for you, the listener, but it's for me <laughs> and I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's for me too. Uh, Heather and I, my wife, we toured our first preschool today um, to decide for our three-year-old, you know, what's the next stage of her life going to look like? And I love that you said that you decided to parent intentionally, parent on purpose, like your book, um, rather than reactively. And like, I've never thought about what's my goal in parenthood. Obviously, my goal is to keep my child alive. <laughs> right now, that is <laughs> right? the goal for you. <laughs> yeah. But now now that she's getting older and she's going to start learning more things and, and learning from other people things... It's time for me to decide what's my goal as her father, what's my wife's goal as her mother. So I'm so excited for this yeah. just to hear. I know. And this is it's super exciting. I mean, it should be, right? Yeah. A lot of people can feel really stressed out um, when I'm talking to them about, you know, goals, parenting goals and mm-hmm. uh, and being intentional. But we we got to have fun with it. I mean, our kids are meant to grow up and move out, hmm. right? That is yeah. the goal. Adulthood, adulthood is the goal for all of us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what do we want to do with that? They are going to move out. And they should, and we want that, right? We don't want them in the basement, <laughs> you know, as adults, which is actually happening. You know, mm, we yeah. laugh about it, but it's, you know, it's happening. So um, so we just got to know that, embrace it, and, and you know, live knowing that, that truth, and that's what we want. 
I'm so proud of who my children are because they're mine, uh, as, mm-hmm. I sh- as I should be. And I want that pride to not only continue, but grow when they become adults, you know? And my hope is that when they do move out, the impact that they're making on real people's lives is something that not only I can be proud of, but again, it, it makes it so that I can grow the pride that I have in them. So that's, I think that's exactly. what I'm excited to try and do better as a result of listening to some of this. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And our podcast is called The Stewardship Podcast. We're trying to help people learn what it means to steward or to manage the things we've been trusted with. And I love that you're sharing the idea of intentionally stewarding our time with our kids because it is so limited, or at least the time that we're a strong influence in their lives. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So for you, in the launch, launching four kids, mm-hmm. was there anything that happened in that time, maybe like right after the launch, that, that caught you off guard or surprised you? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think I'm just constantly still surprised every day, you know, with, <laughs> with, with, with them gone. I just think it's funny because no matter how much we do, how much we pour into them, we will miss things. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'd, it's, you know, that's a fact. And so I think it's funny. I, I realized when a couple of the kids were able to come home for Thanksgiving this year and I had my son in the kitchen with me and and I think he, he was in charge of the Ocean Spray canned cranberry sauce. OK, that was all I gave him. But he was like – um, I don't know how to open this. And I was like, stop it. Like, <laughs> you don't know how to use a can opener, you know? And I'm like, oh, shoot, I missed that one with you, you know? <laughs> and and you realize, too, when, like me, I have a lot of kids. So yeah. you you don't realize, oh, that one I forgot to teach certain things, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key is you're still going to be teaching simple things. You're still going to be growing. I still, right, reach out to my mom. Mom, how, how do I do this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. But I think the main thing is that I wanted my kids to be able to go off to college, wherever they're going to go, right, and not be a burden on others, to to mm. be able to feel confident and capable um, in making mistakes, right, and, mm. and, and finding their way and not having to always rely on that phone to text someone or to Google something, right, to use their own brain and to be okay, um, you know, making mistakes. And so – I think that's a really, really um, important conversation because our kids are not comfortable with that today. We don't allow that as much, too, because it doesn't feel good um, to let our kids make mistakes and and uh, and fail um, at things. But it's really important real-life stuff. And so when they get more comfortable yeah. doing that in your home, when they leave, it's not as big a deal. And anything that comes up, that's the beautiful thing about technology. They will call and ask you or call for, <laughs> call for help. I yeah. mean – um, but we haven't had anything major, I'm going to say, because I was really intentional on trying to create as many um, life skills in them that they could go off and be resilient um, and try and f- you know figure it out on their own. And so far, yeah. so good. Yeah, which is what we want to help other people achieve through this episode. Um, listeners, if your kids are still young, it's time to start teaching them these life skills. And I, I was uh, reading on your blog, you have tons of blogs, like you're writing a lot. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> What a good free resource. There will be a link in the description for that as well. Um, but I saw you have a blog about how we need to be willing to let our kids fail. And even for my three-year-old, it's hard for me to do that. Like I have to intentionally not go rescue her when I hear her frustrated about something yeah. so it's, she can figure it out. And it's true. And, and how I got to that place too was when I was writing my book, I was interviewing um, university professors and deans and employers. And I wanted to know what are they seeing in young adults today, right? What what can we do a better job as parents? Um, and every one of them who they did not know each other, these were different conversations. Every one of them said, 
um, they do not have problem solving skills. They do mm. not have, um, you know, we're swooping in and rescuing them, whether it's like I said, the Google mm-hmm. or Siri or whoever, you know, they're just used to being rescued and they're not comfortable um, solving their own problems. And so I started looking through that lens when raising my kids as teenagers, um, you know, how getting excited when they didn't know something or didn't understand, um, letting that, letting them struggle with it a little bit, letting them, you know, fail. And it's really hard to do because, you know, we, we're efficient. I, you know, I know how to get things done. I know how to handle problems, but letting them struggle with it and get through it, um, helps them when they're away, you know, and as adults. And so, no matter what age they are, yes, they've got to start solving some of their own problems. And it won't necessarily be the way that we would choose to do it uh, or it won't be the best way, but it's how they'll learn and how they'll strengthen. And And every one of them are telling me, please tell, tell every parent that because we need this. It's, you know, our young adults are struggling yeah. and we do have to take a little responsibility for that. I uh, am taking notes as I'm sitting here <laughs> in the middle of this. I'm not, not sure if I'm supposed to do that, Daniel, but I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, and... It's so appropriate on so many levels, but even speaking in my own personal situation, my wife and I have been talking um, intentionally about failure at dinner time over the last several weeks because we know we haven't talked about it enough because how they're responding to failure is like, oh, no, 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 you guys, that's okay. We need to, we need to help with this life skill. Uh, So I love that. That's a focus. I love that something that you're talking about and you put in the book too. Man, this is so good. Yeah, and we were doing that around the family table too. We would go around and say, "Okay, who failed the who failed the best today?" Ah, uh, you know, like who, tell me a way you failed, and then it shows that we're human too because we're failing every day at something too. Yes, right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to just normalize that because there's so much pressure on kids today and us as parents too to do everything uh, perfectly, and that's just just not impossible. Yeah, it removes the attitude of shame mm-hmm. or or feelings of shame that they could have, but also what success would even this place stewardship be without the numerous failures that we've made, you know, like it's impossible for us to succeed without having those failures. Exactly. So that's great. Yeah. So we at stewardship, though our podcast is not just about money, we do want to help you with, with some financial stuff uh, because that is our area of expertise. So we will now listen to a one minute money tip before we get into some practical steps about getting your kids ready for the launch. Passive income. You want to know the secret? Then buy this online course. No, just kidding. Here's the truth about passive income. It does require activity. You have to work. You either have to work up front to obtain a little bit of passive income. And all really good passive income that you want to grow and monitor well and make sustainable and consistent requires some activity to manage it. There really is no such thing as fully passive income. That's actually a gift if someone just gives you money. So the most passive income can really get is if you're buying stocks and then you're receiving some dividends from there. And even that, it requires a little bit of activity to manage wisely. That's the truth about passive income. All right, Amy, I have loved what we've covered so far, but now we're going to get into some practical things that parents should keep in mind before their kids are, are kind of ready to launch. Um, I, I like that phrase to launch. It's super concise. It, it gets my marketing brain going. <laughs> um, so there, there are some practical things, though, that, that parents should consider and make sure their kids know, even if 
your kids are about to launch like at the end of the month <laughs> right now. Uh, it's not too late to have these conversations. So uh, we've, we've kind of outlined three basic areas that we should kind of prepare kids for. So the first one is make sure that our kids are prepared financially. Uh, and that doesn't mean just giving them $5,000. <laughs> so what is what, what are your thoughts on making sure our kids are prepared financially? Well, my husband and I were um, very adamant that our kids earn their own money. Um, yes. <laughs> even before they are work, working age. But we always told them all along, at the age of 15, when you're able to work in the community, you need to get a job. Like, um, And so that's kind of just been our family thing. They all have started working since 15. Now, it gets difficult because we have some athletes, right? And so sometimes mm. you can't get a job in the community. Um, so, but they got resourceful. Um, they would, they, they could sell things online. Um, you know, they were selling shoes at the time. Now they're selling nice. golf clubs and things, but, you know, starting entrepreneurship is so easy today with online. There's so many things you can help your younger child do. But, um, from the beginning, we were like, it's so important that you know how to earn your own money. I mean, we're yes. not, I mean, yeah. the, why I, I, my parents did that for me. And I think it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I mean, I was working, not working at Burger King at 15 was not the best thing that happened to me, right? I, I would rather been at the high school football games, but I was schlepping mm-hmm. whoppers. Um, <laughs> but my work ethic today stems from that work ethic that was developed, that my parents had the means to buy me whatever probably I needed. But if I wanted those Jordash jeans, I was going to have to buy them myself. And so yeah. I just channel back to what, what did my parents do um, that I feel set me up for success and why can't we still do that t- in today's culture? Um, yeah. And so I, it has been one of the best things that we have done because not only I realized did they gain financial skills, uh, you know, through earning their own money, but they, it's an amazing way to, for them to learn empathy hmm. um, and compassion for other people they have worked with, you know, in restaurants and things that yeah. they would have never uh, met these these people, you know, the, these men that they're working with that are you know, working day and night to try and support their five children. And they have learned so much empathy for people and built real relationship that that has just been as beautiful to me um, as them earning their own money. And we still expect it today when they come home from college. You better, you know, figure out how you're going to earn some money that you're going to take back to school next year because we're Mm -hmm. just not the type that is just going to hand over uh, money for everything because I don't think that's responsible as parents. You know, we can talk all day long about preparing your kid to leave the nest uh, with handling expenses and budgeting and whatever, you know, there, there's some value to that, but what is it if they don't have an income, then there's no expenses for them to manage. <laughs> right. And, uh, we've talked about this many times be- before on the podcast, but there's even a debate amongst financial professionals, like what's the greatest asset an individual has. And for us, our opinion is it's their ability to earn income. And if you can train that up in your children and they know how to earn income, but maybe not even like, hey, yes, I know how to earn income, but these are ways that you can learn about yourself and learn about others to earn more income or to earn income better. And my favorite part about what you said was the empathy piece. We talk a lot, Daniel, about finding needs and filling it. Yes. You can't find a need and fill it, whether it's through entrepreneurship or through an employer, without first being empathetic putting yourself in the shoes of somebody else and genuinely saying, hmm, what are their pain points? What needs do they have? And yeah, what what can I do to fill that? Like, that, man, this is so, so good. If our kids don't know how to find a need and fill it or don't know how to earn income, there's, they're, they're going to fail financially. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And what you were saying triggered kind of two different thoughts in my mind. Uh, the idea of work ethic 
establishing that at a young age, that's a huge deal. My wife also started working around age 15, I think, uh, and her work ethic is out of this world. Uh, and I did not start working until after I graduated high school. And I do think I have a pretty good work ethic, but it, it is not as strong as my wife's. <laughs> and uh, so I like that. You said you think back to what your parents did. And I, I kind of think back to what my parents did and think, well, what do I want to do differently with yes. my daughter? Uh, because what I see in her at age three is the most proud that she gets is when she has helped me with something. And I say, thank you for helping. You're such a good helper. She'll come alive for being useful. Right. And it, it, all of us, no matter what age, we want to feel like we have purpose, right? Mm-hmm. We have yes. value that we're contributing. Yeah. And so I think that's that's a huge thing. And I think we can um, fall into the trap when our kids get older. They get busy. Teenagers, mm-hmm. you're about to be there. And um, they they will tell you, well, I don't have time or mm-hmm. I don't want to do that or I can't do that. or you know. So we've got to know we're the adult. We know why we are asking them to go to work, right? We yeah. got to know our end goal. Mm-hmm. And we can't listen to all of the reasons why they can't. If you know the reason why we're wanting you to go to work, mm-hmm. it will pay off. And um, yeah. I like that you're inviting them into the purpose of why you're making them work, right? You tell them the why behind it. It's one thing to say, hey, no, you need to go get a job. But it's like, listen, this is important. This is, I know you don't like me right now, but this is going to help you when you're an adult. You know, I, I promise. That's, that's good. And then they do it though, and they love it. There's mm. nothing more valuable in their life yeah. to them than, you know, than, than their work. Yeah, and, or figuring out if they if I didn't like that job, I'm, next summer I'm going to find a different one. Or yeah. you know, yeah, we have a big shortage. People are not having their teenagers work. We have a, fr- a friend that owns Dunkin' Donuts fr- franchises, and they can't get teenagers to to work because they don't have to. Um, wow. You know, their parents are paying the bills and they're busy. They're they're doing sports or whatever they're doing nowadays uh, instead of instead of working. So I think it's really important to, that you figure out your goals. And if that is a goal, right, developing that in your kids, how are you going to Live that out. My parents told me not to get a job in high school because they wanted me to focus on school and get good grades. Mm-hmm. But the reality is Grant has never asked me what my grades were in high school. No, I did not ask you that before hiring you. Yep. I did not um, look for at your it diploma. Doesn't, doesn't matter. I don't even know if you graduated high school, man. I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, you but, know, but that's the thing. It's so true. No one ever asks us what our SAT score is, right? right? No. Or, or what our grade point average was in high school. No, but we focus so much on that. Mm-hmm. And that's, we, we need to sh- make a shift. Yeah. 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 It, but if I had, I didn't have this, but if I did have, you know, Daniel's previous boss call me or even a boss of his from high school and say, oh, he's one of the hardest workers out there. Hired. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. Like that's the thing. Yes. Uh, so even building a resume of awesome employers that you've fil- found a need and filled it, you know, and that employer is willing to tell other people about you, shoot. Yeah, well, I think that touches on something that I really think is important to focus on. It's like, who is the person we are trying to raise? Not what are they, you know, doing? We focus so much on what are they doing, but who are they? What are those values like the hard, you know, the hard work, the ethic, yeah. um, because that is, like you said, that's what they care about. Oh, you've got great work ethic, hired. Oh, you mm-hmm. have a 4.2, so what? So so does everyone else. I mean, yeah. really. And so it's great to shift our mindset. We want our kids doing well in school, but is it the end all be all? I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. So, so our kids now are prepared financially. They understand the importance of work, the connection between providing value and earning an income. Um, so then- we also want to help our kids be prepared to take care of their own health. So you have a blog uh, called Three Things You Need to Teach Your High Schooler Before They Go Away to College. Where can people find your blog? What's the URL? I know we'll put it in the link description. It's but... just my name, amycarney.com, 
Or you can go to parentonpurpose.com and it's the same. Great. Easy. Yeah. yeah. So there's a blog there and uh, you talk about those three things. So what are they? Well, let me tell you how that blog came to be because uh, I'm out in the community speaking about Parent on Purpose to, to different uh, groups. And I had one after a mom comes up to me who is an ER doctor and she said, okay, please, could you please write um, a, a blog or something telling parents to please better prepare their, you know, young adults, um, you know, for, for health. She, and she started, so I actually interviewed her uh, for that blog. I interviewed a few different uh, doctors uh, and it's unbelievable what they were telling me because um, it's true though. We get caught up and we just take care of our children, right? We, you know, if they have a headache, we give them what they need and we, mm-hmm. we just take care of them. And then we launch them off to college and we d- wonder why they don't know how to take care of themselves and they don't know what to do. Um, and so that's where that blog stemmed from, um, is that I was being asked, please help, help us, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, um, so that blog consists of, yeah, basic first aid. Do start teaching your children, you know, as older as teenagers, how to, you know, manage if they have a headache, do they know what to do? Now, obviously don't go in and start taking on the meds yourself, but to be able to start owning that and what do you need to do? Um, for my kids before they launched, I did a, I made up a first aid kit, which you can see on that blog. Um, and I went over, you know, what was in it, how to use it. And you would have thought I was torturing the kids, right? <laughs> doing this with them. But it's funny, they all used, went dug into that first aid kit that I had personally made him and used things out of it. Um, the problem is they said kids are showing up on college campuses at the ER room with a headache. Like they don't have any s- sense of, they, they just get afraid because mom isn't there to take care of them now and they don't know what to do. And they're showing up at the ER uh, with anything that could, they could be managing maybe you know, from, from their dorm room for a time being. Right. Um, and they also said they don't know any of their health history, health history, and they do not know how to fill out the forms. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm big on having um, kids filling out all their own paperwork is to the best of their ability. Right. And so on that blog, I actually created a fake health history form so you can print it out and begin That's to have so good. Begin having your child fill it out. Now they're not going to want to do it. I mean, no. which kid is want to you know want to want to do that? But it's it's so important because even on there, I know when mine, I was having mine do it. I, I mean, they would have thought, you know, could you just be a normal parent? No one's doing this, you know. I'm like, <laughs> but I want to know you know how to do this. But there's a line on there too that says like social security number. Do our kids know their social security number and do we want them putting it on that medical sheet, right? And so mm-hmm. you can have that conversation of when you use the social security number, when you don't, uh, that type of thing. So then when they get to that hospital and they're not feeling well and they're all alone, away from their family, that they can be confident too enough to get that clipboard and just fill that stuff out because they've done it a million times over in their house, yeah. right? Um, you don't want them freaking out. And it's not helpful to the doctor. It's not helpful to the nurses either mm-hmm. um, if we haven't prepared paired our children the best that we can. So um, that's kind of what that's about. And then also talking to them wherever they're going to go. I had printed off, um, I think, the closest, um, oh, what do you, the urgent care uh, yeah. that was on our insurance and gave the, put that in their, um, you know, first aid kit too, so that they, they yeah. did have an option um, of where to go or if they to know where to go on campus. So just in advance, preparing them on purpose, right, giving the best <laughs> tools and yeah. then it's on them to use it. And they have all done it. And I hadn't even, I, none of them had to reach out to me in the middle of it as a crisis. You know, That's great. Yeah. I'm yeah. going beyond taking notes now. I'm like actually texting my wife things that we need to do. <laughs> so my kids, you know, that's common from time to time. Somebody's got a headache or a bellyache. And my wife kind of has 
her own way of doing health stuff. She's a little more granola than most. So am I. <laughs> so they'll like come to her and be like, mommy, can you put some oils on my tummy or whatever, right? I just texted her and said, listen, we need to add as part of our homeschooling curriculum, like mommy's first aid. Teach them like about what oils do what and why you use them or whatever so that they have that knowledge whenever they leave the house. I am so – I'm excited. I love that. This is going to be great. Yeah. The good that. news is, Grant, we are recording the episode. Oh, so. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I could just tell her. If listen, you need to listen to it again. <laughs> yeah. I'm listen to this with you, which is a great call to action. If you're listening to this right now and you have kids and you are not parenting by yourself, you should listen to this episode again with your spouse. Like this yeah. is – I'm I'm going to have so many good conversations with my wife. My so my plan is to listen to this episode with her before we head off to our anniversary trip when we talk about stuff mm-hmm. like this so that now we have things to it's going to be great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So now our kids uh know how to earn money and handle it and they know how to uh seek medical care if necessary. <laughs> um so the last thing is they're not living at home anymore and you're not there to do their laundry. Not that maybe you did that, but uh, <laughs> how do kids prepare to live on their own? What do we need to make sure we talk about with them? Right. There's so many little things, and that's one of my favorite things. I actually created a, a checklist that I, I brought here. It's called Life Skills List Before the Launch, and I Ooh. actually speak to a lot of um, senior parents. Can I stop real quick? Where can people get that list? So if you go to bit.ly slash life skills list, okay. you'll be able to to Bit grab that life skills yep. list. Okay. And then uh, Daniel will also put that in the show notes. Okay. He's typing now. Perfect. And so it's just a fun list that I actually, this is for parents of seniors, but it's fun to print out, you know, with your 13 year old and see what, what do you want to start teaching? What do they not know? Um, and so it's, yes, I, I, there's a blog uh, that I have that actually really got me started writing parenting that I had no idea was going to go viral for probably a good year and a half. And it was called wow. Stop Doing These Eight Things uh, for Your Teen This School Year. Mm. And I just wrote it, but I had no idea it was going to be so controversial. Um, the things <laughs> I wrote on there were just basic to me, but I didn't realize that it, it um, yeah, I don't know. So um, one of them was just having your kids wake themselves up with their own alarm clock. Not, oh, a f- yeah. not, not a phone because we don't want the phones in the room as much as possible, but with their own alarm clock so that they, you know, become responsible for their own, you know, time, their own, um, their, you know, their own morning routine. And it's funny because I've just always done that and we've always done it and it's no big deal. But my, one of my sophomores in college, he is an RA now. And it's so funny because he'll text me and be like, mom, I just, heard from a mom and she wants me to go wake up her daughter because she's late to class. I can I she's beside himself, right? And I'm like, clearly oh she didn't read parent on purpose. You know? Yeah. But it's really a thing. If we're not teaching our kids these simple things when they're in our home, we are going to worry, right? If we're paying that college tuition or whatever, or they're gone, we're going to worry if they're getting themselves up and getting uh, off to college. And no none of us need that. You know, my son, the RA doesn't need it. Yeah. The daughter doesn't need it. And the parent. So we need to do a better job of just doing that while they're in our home. Yeah. Yeah. We want to make sure they know how to feed themselves. Right. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> make sure they know how to clean things, uh, which, which is kind of connected yeah. to the, how to earn an income. Like Grant talks a lot about helping our kids earn a commission in the house, mm-hmm. uh, which is a way of doing that. So you can have your kid do their own laundry and possibly earn a commission off of that. Oh, absolutely. There's different ways, but we've got to make sure that everyone knows how to do things. And like, I did know how to change a tire before I moved out. 
So yep. that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I didn't know how to change the brakes myself, but that's okay. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> it's more fine. Involved. Yeah, the tire is on my list, and it's and it's funny because I don't think I I know I don't remember how to do a tire because I can just <laughs> call the AAA guy now or whatever. But yeah, um, and it's funny because so I actually got a friend, an older older gentleman who loves cars, um, mm. and I uh, pulled him in to teach my boys. How to do that. And I feel like that's another great thing. Like, we're not great at everything. We don't know. Bring other people in, other mentors, too, to help teach your kids certain things. And and they can learn, you know, from others as well. So, yeah, and that actually has happened. My kids have done that, gone on the side of the road, changed a tire. And I was like, see? Yeah. See? I mean, it feels good, too, because he was with his girlfriend, right? And so it's better. Like, if you can change the tire and you don't have to. Well, she probably changed it for him. I don't know. But, (laughs) (laughs) But they both knew how to do it. And so they were empowered by that. Yeah. You know, not, you don't have to just get the card out, even though it's there in the glove sure. box. You can you can do it yourself. But you said a good word, empower. Mm-hmm. A lot of these things that we're talking about, prepare them financially, prepare them to take care of their health, prepare them to take care of their living space. If this is not a chores that you're teaching them to do, this is you empowering them. Absolutely. To, to succeed on their own. But not only that, empowering them to care for others better. Mm-hmm. Like if they can't do those three things well themselves, they're going to have a really hard time making an even bigger impact on other people in their life. Um, I love how you added the story of the girlfriend that's a part of that. Like there is connection there. There's relational connection to the person that they were helping. And that's empowerment. It's so good. It's so important when we teach our kids these life skills and they become more independent and responsible in our home, because that was a way we were able to open up our home to adopt too, mm-hmm. because I wasn't bogged down I had four kids. That's a lot of kids, too. Um, But I wasn't bogged down taking care of them because they were responsible for a lot of their own things. And so we were able to bring in a 10-year-old that I had to focus on, you know, and start training him up and teaching teaching him. And so when I realized that, I was like, there's so many reasons why to to empower our kids, to teach our kids, um, you know, how to contribute and be independent, capable members of our family because it just frees us up to serve others uh, mm-hmm. You know, as well, it can't just be mom and dad constantly running around serving, you know, the kids, you know, yeah. the, you know it, we, we all can be contributing to the family unit. But I just loved when I came across that. I'm like, wow, because people are like, how in the world could you adopt, you know, a 10 year old when you're still raising the, the four? But that's how you parented on purpose early. I parent on purpose early. Yeah. Well, well, early enough <laughs> to, help, to help them. Yeah. But that's so true. Uh, you know, my uh, many of the listeners know a little bit about. The story for my wife and I is we have moved next door to my brother-in-law, Daniel, who is handicapped, and we, we share in, in the care for him. And so people often ask, like, how's that going? You know, is it? And honestly, because our kids, they're now 13, 11, and 9, Jody has done such a great job of making them a little bit more independent, I'd say, than most 13, 11, and 9-year-olds. They contribute and help with uncle, which is such mm. a beautiful thing because as they're contributing and helping and spending time with their uncle, you see their relationship with the Lord and their own relationship with awareness of other people and society completely change. And that empowerment that my wife really worked hard on early on is now allowing them to become different human beings, Mm. um, which I don't know would have happened. And honestly, maybe we probably wouldn't be able to help care for uncle had we not done some of this stuff that you're talking about. This is so, so good. Yeah, I love it. The best place for people to find the book is just 
anywhere books are sold, Amazon is that where they Amazon can Amazon is always easy because then you get it tomorrow, too, yeah, right? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, I'm going to purchase a book and, and read it. I think. Uh, well, I brought you one. So. Oh, well, thank you. This <laughs> is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but I just strongly recommend that anybody who's listening to this episode, that you guys would go ahead and, and check out the book. Um, listen to this podcast episode again with your spouse. We think that there's just a ton of value in the things that were put into this. Stewardship does home loans, insurance, and investments with wisdom and love. But this podcast, we want to be educating people how to be good steward in many areas of life. Yes, you're a parent that loves. But our hope is that this episode added even more wisdom into some of your parenting uh, because of the wisdom that Amy shared. Amy, thank you so much for oh, coming on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. All right. We will do this again in a couple of weeks. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with another parent who would also value from some of this wisdom. 